Welcome back to Sales Brick Studio South in the beautiful blueberry and the tomato soup, Austin, Texas. This is I'm Not Selling You Anything. This week, we have business development leader McLean Roth. I met McLean at my very first startup. He was the first person to teach me how to use a CRM and sales intel software, among other things. Listen in as he tells us what he thinks is the biggest problem facing the SCR role today. I promise it's one you haven't really heard before. This episode is sponsored by Sastradamus, an invite-only sales risk community of founders and technologists with an eye on the horizon. SalesBricks is a low-code e-commerce platform that lets customers buy, renew, upgrade, or recast your software at any time. Can you imagine catching Zs and dollar signs at the same time? With SalesBricks, you can. All right, let's listen in. Oh, I actually have a funny thing. I got banned on HubSpot. McLean Roth, thank you so much for joining me today on I'm Not Selling You Anything. So what do you do at Telnix and how'd you get there? I head up the business development team, which at Telnix is uh, responsible for managing all the sales development representatives. So these are the most junior salespeople, but a real pivotal role to, I call it our top of funnel motion. And I had the wonderful experience of going through AT&T's, what they call business sales leadership development program. It is basically a 50-50 training program. Here's a bunch of sales tools and skills that you need to learn. Also, you should probably learn some stuff about the AT&T product portfolio. As you know, from our history of working together, I'm a little bit nerdier. Uh, than your average sales track professional. So I ended up having a really interesting opportunity to go into their technical program and come out as like a solutions engineer or a technical sales consultant, I think is what my original title was. That's how I ended up in telecom in Chicago. And I was super lucky. A mutual friend of mine introduced me to David and Ian, the co-founders of Telnix. And we hit it off and I fell in love with their mission statement, what they were building. And so flash forward six months from there, I was working at Telnix. We were only 20 people. Flash forward what feels like a very long time, but has yet to even be a decade. And now we're 300 plus people and we're cruising and growing like a little weed. That's really exciting. At this point. That's a big weed, man. Just uh, it's too big. It's too big to pull at this point, right? Yeah, we, yeah, we're planting roots, trying to make things happen. <laughs> Over at Telnix, I've done a little bit of digging, but I don't think the listeners have. What is the biggest problem that Telnix is solving? Telnix is in the communications infrastructure space. Uh, so I like to think of CPaaS, Communications Platform as a Service. We are actually the building blocks for those. The way I like to explain it is there are a bunch of different domain expertises in the world, right? There are marketing experts, there are sales experts, yeah. there are operations and finance When it comes to software, most people are experts in a particular coded language. You might be a front-end specialist, and maybe you really like Angular. You might be a database engineer. One of the things that doesn't translate from industry to industry is things like telephony. And there's a lot of languages like that. And so I've always described it as, imagine if you have a really talented software engineer, and they can code in a bunch of front-end languages, back-end languages, whatever you're familiar with. That translates. The problem is as soon as you want to do something simple like initiate a phone call, allow for sales reps to receive text messages through their phone system, now you have a problem, which is you now need to either decide, do I want to go hire someone who's going to learn this language, and now I need to build up a team to manage and continue to develop this code base, or do I want to work with a company like Telnix that provides me with an English menu? So the way I describe it is telephony is like Arabic, messaging is like Hebrew, um, Video is like, call it Mandarin, they're character-based languages. Just because you learned one doesn't mean you can now apply that knowledge. It's not like a romance language. So what we're doing is we're making an English menu so that any business, any company can embed 
a live video call, uh, text messaging, you name it. So do you, just a taste. Do you, thank you for the taste, man. I want a little bit more. Does, does Telnix go mostly enterprise upstream or are they looking at that zero Great to question. one startup? Is it like, where is that bread and butter for, for a company like Telnix? You know, we've got a bunch of listeners that might say, maybe that might be for me. Who is it for? Great question. So companies like SalesBricks that have awesome, really interesting use cases are a really good fit because we have a self-service platform, meaning that anyone can sign up, anyone can use our platform. It's pay as you go. It's really modern, call it uh, modern product qualified leads, if you will where people come into your platform, they use it and they self-identify if there's a bigger opportunity for sales to come in, provide solutions, engineering assistance. McLean, what would you say is the most challenging part of that software buying process? Yeah, so I think that maybe I have a unique uh, perspective here and I have found that the most challenging part of software buying is actually the post-purchase installation. There are a lot of options to do the same thing. As someone in sales and someone like yourself that has sales experience, you know that there are a number of different tools to automate. You can use the most popular one, outreach.io. They were really first to market, but there's SalesLoft. There was Tout app before it got purchased. Right. There's Outplay, this thing I think Guru. there's a new one. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, HubSpot's now got their own sales tools built into their call it ecosystem. My belief is that the, the tool is not actually as important as the way you implement it and you organize yourself around it. And so what I found to be the most challenging part is that there are a lot of really good salespeople out there that don't finish the deal after they get the signature. And so what you find yourself is really in love with the experience you're having buying, and then you buy, and then you don't get the installation, the integrations, the proper organization and flow. Their customer success team is doing enough, but they're not doing above and beyond and helping you really get the most out of the tools. So I have purchased a number of tools over the time at Telnix at the time we spent together at Litlingo. And I know personally that the, the biggest challenges I faced is not necessarily deciding what tool to go with. It's I've already decided what tool to go with. Is it going to deliver? Did I get it set up properly? Did I make sure I have reporting and analytics in place to show product adoption or do I have a way to measure myself and my best practices against the way we're actually performing at the business? And, and in my experience, that is way more challenging. And I think way more important than whether or not I chose the best tool. Keeping um, you it, there, keeping you happy, right? You chose yeah. the tool on your own. You're in. I don't need to convince yeah. you that anymore. I just need to convince you to stay, convince you of the value that I bring all the time. Isn't that a little bit difficult though, Joe McLean? Like, let's say you've gone through a process where it's sort of like maybe a little less sales assisted. They've gone on there. They've done it. Self-checkout themselves, yep. right? How does a company know? How do they then interject themselves after the fact into that part of the customer success-ish journey, right? That after the sale, how does a company know how to do that? How has Telnix done it well? Yeah, that's actually, that's an interesting question. I might flip it and say, as a okay. business, you ought to know or have an idea of your of your target market. And certain products might be more self-service driven, like a LinkedIn, for example, where the idea is like, hey, it's a free to use and there are some paid features, their sales tools, their marketing right. tools, their, uh, their recruiting tools. Sorry, I couldn't think of the word there. And I would imagine the LinkedIn world, what they're probably doing is they have two different teams. One that's making sure that the consumer, the non-paid user experience is going well. Uh, and they're collecting product experience data, making sure it's more intuitive. I think on the other side, it's about how does the product collect enough data to identify who is a good 
potential target for like, ooh, they, they've shown that they're hiring. Okay, great. How do we make sure that they know about our recruiting tool? At Telnik, we have done a lot of very sophisticated called reporting and analytics to try and like create a, a scoring mechanism, if you right. will, okay. to marketing qualify a lead or product qualify a lead. And, and if they're already using our platform, they really don't need a lot of assistance. Where the real value comes in is it doesn't matter how incredible your team is. No software tool is perfect. No tool integrates exactly the way you want yeah. at the click of a button, right? You hit, oh, click Salesforce installation. You're like, oh, well, actually, I expected there to be a start and end timestamp for calls, not just when the call got added to Salesforce. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's like yeah, little yeah, things yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and so having a really good, we, we have customer success implementation specialists who are really there to make sure that upon, call it like, formally onboarding, if you will, yeah. that you have a dedicated person to kind of walk you through that. And I think that's something that's becoming more and more popular, like a technical resource on onboarding. Let's move on to this next one here. What do you think that a lot of people are doing wrong in business development? Or another way to put it, what is some bad advice that a lot of people in business development are getting? So I actually feel very strongly about this one. Mm -hmm. And I think it comes up a lot if you work with sales development representatives or business development representatives. Sure. Everyone sees it as a stepping stone. They're like, oh, this yeah. is the most junior sales position. I'm only here so I can go become an AE. And I think that fundamentally is what's going wrong with this position. I think in this age of short-term gratification. A lot yeah. of people like myself expect to accomplish more in less time. And what I've been really working with my team is that when, when you, when you join Telnix and you join the sales development function at Telnix, I want you to be excited about doing this job. I want this job to be fulfilling and rewarding. And if you're kind of, I think a lot of people get distracted. I know when I first started, I yeah. really wanted to close the deal. So I actually, instead of doing a better job and moving more deals forward and helping my business grow, what I started off doing was trying to convince my boss that I should be the one to continue the next conversation. When uh, I was good, not great. I, see. I didn't have an opportunity to learn from someone who actually would be like, hey, McLean, you did good on that call, but like we could have done all that in the first five minutes and, was, and, and had 25 minutes to actually move the deal forward. McLean, where do you keep up to date on industry news? Yeah, so we have a bunch of Slack channels that we use where we put in industry news and then things that you're interested in. So actually, I get a lot of my news through like our channels. So we have a football as an F-U-T-B-O-L, real footy soccer. Uh -huh, we've got, yeah. We've got like, you know, com communications information news. We've got people who are into stocks. There's a crypto channel, which I need to stay out of because God knows how much time I could spend in there. And so like, I, I find that I get the best, my best content comes from my friends, uh, okay. And posting, I, I look at Twitter a lot. I'll be honest with you, I'm not the best social media person. So I actually don't get as much news there. I, I tend to leverage my networks and then a few newsletters. I'm a morning brew guy, read it every morning. That's right. Um, Michael, and, I did uh, ask you, I did ask you the other day when I, when I yeah. sent out the newsletter, I was like, when yeah, you that's right. yeah, when do you, when do you catch, catch your, your, uh, so I read, your I read newsletter. it on my phone, wake up, read it, then go get my coffee. All right. So team Slack channels is where you like to keep up to date on industry news through your own network. And, uh, you're going to start maybe digging into your own, uh, finding it yourself. Cool. McLean, I got a quick one for you. What are you listening to these days? Music? album song that you cannot get off there's a song called peppas don't know why i'm very much hooked on it i've listened to it enough i'm almost sick of it now it was a one weekend song it it, it, it was a banger it is a banger <laughs> i need i need to get rid of it from my life all right uh, all right 
it was the theme of the last wedding I went to is how I would describe it. But yeah, I also, my, my best bud runs a music podcast. So oh, I cool. actually get all What's of my called? music through, it's called Mom Spaghetti. And there are about 150 episodes. He produces one a week and he basically gives you 15, 20 new songs from the week, like 30 second snippets. It's perfect. Cool. McLean, we've arrived at the final question. Bring of it. The day. It also happens to be everyone's favorite question. If you could have a gigantic billboard with anything on it, what would it be and why? I was joking with you earlier that I would say we're hiring because we're always hiring and I'm always looking for good content. But there's actually a quote from a gentleman named Aaron Watley, who was in the AT&T program with me, who I haven't connected with in a few years, that I have a hard time ever forgetting. And he said to me, it actually reminds me of Spider-Man when Dr. Octavius says to him, brilliant, but lazy as a joke at the end of the movie, when he finds out he's not lazy at all, he just happens to be Spider-Man. And his quote was, I think I'm going to butcher it a little bit, but it was uh, brilliant with average work ethic will lose to average intelligence, average intelligence with a high work ethic every time. And I remember uh, him telling this, and I actually think he's super smart cat. So I thought, I, I think I joked back and said, Aaron, but like brilliant with a high work ethic, is you and you're going to dominate anyway. But that's always sat with me because whenever I am frustrated or think about the caliber of the work I'm doing, I ask myself, am I relying on my natural skills or am I actually putting in the, the work ethic that would, would justify the results I'm expecting of myself? And I think about that a lot. And I think it's thought provoking. I also think it's a, a humble reminder that you know, the glitter is just glitter sometimes. And just because you thought that person was brilliant doesn't necessarily mean they will accomplish all that they set out to do. You don't have to be naturally brilliant to be incredibly successful and grow into a very smart intellectual. I think there's a lot to be said about folks out there that are putting in, you know, the, in the doing the integral work that actually gets you to where you want to be. So it's something I think about a lot whenever I'm frustrated with myself. That's what I'm hoping. That's a true one. I love that quote. <laughs> I'm hoping true, that one's you. true. And let me just add this one before we go here. Who do you think Hit we me. should interview next? Maybe I'll introduce you to my buddy who uh, is running that podcast. Maybe he can tell you about his uh, new project he's working on. Dude, uh, happy that, to make that introduction. We did it. My man, thank you so much for joining us. Right on. Thanks for having me, man. So Telnix has some product-led growth flavor to it. Now that's a company that's been doing it right for years and it shows in their steady, predictable growth. Thanks again to our guest McLean, who offered up some great insights. Glitter is just glitter sometimes is one that, that is really still sticking with me. Thanks to you, our guests, for listening and tune in next week when we interview Larry Page. All right, see you later!